This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information and opinions are derived from individuals and are not to be taken as a guarantee. We here at In The Money provide you with content, not a guarantee of performance. We are not liable for any bets or action you take as a result of this podcast. I, I actually don't. I'm kind of with the, the masses who I actually don't know that you need to force feed him into playing point guard. You know? He's, he doesn't. He just doesn't want to do that. Yeah, he does though. But here's the thing. Here's the thing though about him is that he, he just doesn't. He he's not an aggressive scorer of the ball. He's like a, a point guard in the traditional sense of like if he's going to be the player that I think he's going to be, it's going to be he's going to be a great defender and he's going to have a lot of assists because he has very good court vision. Like even at a even in his rookie season, he has a lot of really great passes and like a lot of on time plays pocket passes in the pick and roll but he's just not that great at like attacking the rim he's like a decent three-point shooter but really only when he's like spotting up so for me for me it's like he's just a point guard who doesn't really score but his biggest asset is the fact that he's taking the other point guard out of the game because he picks him up 90 feet and that other point guard is having so much trouble that usually they don't want to handle the ball the whole possession so in like the NBA my only thing about that and I, I, I like that he does that is just let him do that and, and just play him at the two and give him lots of opportunities to handle the ball I think the NBA is trending more in the direction where you can have kind of two co-ball handlers a little bit you know and I would just be I would just get somebody else you know like another guy who's maybe even more of a scorer a scoring guard like you could play a combo guard next to Frank you know because he can guard either position and I think they should use that as asset, you know. I mean, I mean, that's that right. Like that is the asset. Like he could play both. With like, with like, like on the Nuggets or something. Like, say like one of the Nuggets, like Jamal Murray, right, or Gary Harris, or even Will Barton. Any of the because all three of those guys are kind of the same player. No, I, I totally you agree. Next to Frank, and like you have those two guys, and you kind of let them trade off. No, I, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. But my whole my whole point with with what I was saying, I agree with you that like you could basically have him as a combo guard, and he could he could play either position. But my whole point was like if you look at the Knicks last year with their like on with him with his numbers on and off the court, their defensive numbers, they were like a top ten defense when he was on the court, and like they were worse in the league when he wasn't type of thing. Like it just wasn't even like like it, it's a it's just a clear effect that he has on the game. And I like that David Fisdale has realized that. David Fisdale's done a great job, in my opinion. I right. think he's a great coach. I like that he's just playing young players. He's given anybody who's playing well minutes. It, it, and he's given Trey Burke too many minutes. But that's not on him. Like He's just kind of saddled with Trey Burke. Trey Burke's just not that good, bro. I'm telling you. Like, you know. I know. I know you know. You've been telling me that. I think he sucks. But he had a good year with the Knicks. And he shot it well with you guys last year. And I do have him on my fantasy team because he gets tons of fucking minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, like, Trey Burke's, like, a fantasy player. And, like, like he scores a lot of points. Like, if you're one of those people who, like, just, just like, looks at a box score after a game, they'll be like, oh, he, he, Trey Burke had a good game. But then, like, you see him play and it's like his guy gets by him. So, like, the next guy has to rotate over. So, his guy kicks it to the next guy. The next guy rotates over. And then we're just fucking scrambling the whole time. Everybody wastes their energy. Canner sucks at defense. Tim Hardaway sucks at defense. So our starting lineup is just like a bunch of sieves who just like let people score. And it's like we have one good player on defense. We have one kid who's like 20 years old on his like internship from France. And like he's the only one out there fucking trying. <laughs> Frank, Frank is interning for the Knicks. <laughs>
<laughs> He's getting a language credit learning how to speak English over here. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he he's not a very good passer. He's looking to try and get like an open shot. Yeah. And he's he's, he's a decent shooter when he's on. He can get really hot. He can. He's like a microwave guy, so he can get really right. hot. Like he'll have games where he doesn't miss. Right. The, my other biggest problem with him is that when he does pass, the only guy he passes to is Tim Hardaway, who also doesn't pass. <laughs> Cause she bougie. Got me feeling woozy. I'm rolling loosely. She begging, she can't be choosy. We make a movie yeah. starring Ricky Ricardo, and she my Lucy. It's a rap. Put the bean up on the map. Yeah, I need my pockets fat, so I ain't got time to chat. Yeah. In the trees, like I'm sat. They don't get it, take a lap. Yeah. Waking up to a snaps in the booth, take a nap. Why her mom have to say she never seen something this rare? When you see me and come up to me, just say what's poppin', player. Poppin'? You can hit me and come kick it. We can put one in the air, cause I'm smoking like. I'm Willie, play guitar just like a mayor. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is, I feel like the Knicks just have so many bad habit players again. You know, you guys just loaded with like basketball garbage. Tanner, Hardaway, right. Lance Thomas. Massive, massive flaws. Yeah, Lance Thomas is. Oh, I can't believe you guys are still giving minutes to Lance Thomas. I get a little bit because now Knox is hurt and shit, but before. It, I don't really see the point playing you know what? You know what? It, it, it has to be. The only way I can even close to rationalize it is just that, like, he's a veteran who works hard, who, like, he worked he worked his ass off to even get in the NBA. And so, like, right. that that's, like, a good motto to show the kids. We're not going to be good anyway, and, so. And my, right. And my guess is that he's actually probably cooking Knox a little bit in practice and stuff because he's a veteran. Right. Like, he's, gonna, he's just going to have moves and strength on him. And, like, the wily of shit, you know. I don't hate. I don't hate giving. I don't hate giving giving Lance Thomas minutes when I like. Wasn't on your roster, to be honest with you. What? I just wish he wasn't on your roster. I, I don't even like. We're not good. He's been, he's, he's been on the Knicks for way too long. But we're, we've never been good with him, right? Like we've never. No. We're not gonna be good, right? So like, it's fine having Lance Thomas because like you need you do need veterans. I think in the NBA, especially when these kids are so young, you know, Knox is nineteen. Frank Nilakina is like 19 and a half, 20. Like, you know, Porzingis is like 22. He's like the veteran of the team. Like him and Lance Thomas have been there the longest. Like Mitchell yeah. Robinson's never, never even played a game in college. Like, you need, you need, you need I some vets. Played a lot of nothing basketball. Even guys were getting big. Like Von Lake never played a meaningful minute really in his career. Fucking. Uh, Trier Trier's fucking right out of college I mean Courtney Lee is literally like your veteran he's not even playing with him this year no he's injured yeah have you seen Zach Levine play at all how's he looking not not at all I haven't watched Chicago at all fantastic is is Laurie playing right now or is he out no he's out but Levine dude he's dropping 30 a game right now I know they they have like a surprising record but I haven't watched any of their games they're uh He's just putting up points. Now they're crushed with injuries. Dunn and Portis are out for a month apiece. Uh, and now Markin is hurt. Obviously, Markin is hurt too. But Levine, dude, he's taking the ball to the rack, which with his athleticism is almost unstoppable. He, when he's not settling for ridiculous Gerald Green like 
fadeaway three-pointers, you know? He's one of those players, like, if he could ever figure out the mental part of the game. Right. It's like that J.R. Smith sort of guy, because there's some guys who figure it out. Well, to J.R. Smith's credit, J.R. Smith's, Smith's, like, done a lot with his, like, he's got a lot of talent, I guess, and, like, a lot of athleticism, but he's done a lot with it. Like, he was sixth man of the year. But my thing is... Like, I don't know that J.R.'s ceiling was that much higher, bro. 2012-2013, the second half of the year, I think it was our sophomore year of college, but he had the best two months I've ever seen him play with the Knicks. He averaged like 20-something a game. Because he was driving to the hoop all the time. It was unbelievable. But he never, ever did that in the game. Never. And, like, if Levine could just do that, because that would set you apart, I think, as a player, is being able to score at any level of, like, the floor. And... If Levine can do that, I mean, he's gonna he can get his own shot whenever he wants. How about this Chris Paul CP3 fight? Which side of the fence? Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. So I think that should be our first topic of the night. It, wait, so first of all, we'll, we'll we'll do a whole whole overview of this. But I want to start off with the the first of all the investigation and sort of how it how it broke down. So I. Too late for me. I was actually watching hockey that night. I was watching some beautiful Connor McDavid playing. The guy is the guy is a reincarnation of Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, yeah. But he's a reincarnation of Wayne and Gretz, Wayne Gretzky, the greatest American hockey player of all time. Is is in this generation, Austin Matthews. He might go down as the second best player to ever play the game. He's doing things people haven't seen, and it just might so happen that the best player of all time is also in this generation as a Canadian. And if that isn't apropos for America and Canada in like hockey terms, but I don't know what is. But anyway, I digress. We're going we're going back to the Rondo the Rondo CP3 fight. The minor tangent back off to Mitch Sportsland. Did, did you did you watch the game? Truthfully, I was not really watching. I was at a bar and I saw it happen on the television screen, and then obviously paid attention once I saw punches turn. What, what was your what was your status here? Obviously, I, I've read a lot about it, and I've watched a lot. Like of I said, I didn't watch it. So my first interaction with it is the next day when the investigation starts to come into full force. Who? spit on Chris Paul because it's kind of clear and and at first maybe you didn't know if he got spit on but it's kind of clear that Chris Paul wipes his face because some got in his face so at first I think there was accusations that it was mellow which is outrageous right. people just I think it was on accident I think this thing yeah but people just like to take shots at mellow because they can they do exactly they do mellow's target So that that was the whole thing for me is that you had you had Mello fucking getting blamed for something he clearly didn't do, but okay, we'll we'll go with the premise that maybe it was Mello. Then we get clear evidence that it was Rondo who spit on him. So Sunday, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't see any spit. Rondo doesn't seem to spit on him, blah blah blah. You know, I'm kind of on Rondo's side. Rondo had a fucking nice left hook that he threw. I agree. I liked Rondo's little 
straight straight lefts. Uh, oh, it wasn't it wasn't a hook. It was a straight left. You're right. And I gotta say, I kind of I kind of agree with his explanation for the whole incident because he's not like Brando basically and as we get on. You know, there's obviously a little video evidence that Rondo, some spittle came from Rondo's mouth in Chris Paul's general direction. Okay, so I want to stop you right there to bring in another point. Once I saw that spittle go at Chris Paul, as somebody who is boisterous and likes to talk, I, I have spittle come out at times. And All right, me too. It, it happens. I, I like to talk. I get loud. I, I, um, that's a loud talker. Yeah, and like Rondo's a loud talker. Like I know he acts quiet, but Rondo, Rondo could talk. If you get Rondo in a room, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Rondo's talking. So I'm just saying, I don't think Rondo purposefully spit on him. It wasn't an egregious act where like he clearly went like and like spit on him, and like you saw it, and he was like trying to be disrespectful. I really don't know if it was that. Chris Paul, and my thing is, there's like three other guys at that point watching that. And if they thought Rondo spit on him, they would have reacted too, you know. And I, I just don't think that he like, and it didn't he didn't make like an overt motion like to spit. You know what I mean? There was no head cock. You know, the spitting kind of head. You know. Uh, so I don't know. It's kind of a tough thing to judge. I'm on Team Rondo a thousand percent though. I've got a limit, but I just, I'm over people just like uh, Zach and Chris Paul. And he, I think a lot of his teammates do hate it. The Chris Paul thing? Yeah, I, I think Rondo's kind of a real dude. Yeah. <laughs> people don't like him, and he owns that. You know, he owns the people don't like him. No, people, yeah. people who Rondo doesn't care about liking him. Don't like him. Like when if Rondo doesn't care, he, you're not gonna like him, right? If he doesn't fuck with you, you're not gonna like him. But Rondo's definitely one of those dudes. Who, if he's on your side, you're his best friend. I agree. I agree. I think Rondo is very much. Uh, if you're on his side of the fence, he's he will go to bat for you. Right. And, and so I actually, I actually have to tell you that I. I'm on Team Rondo. I'm going to say it. I'm on Team Rondo. I, 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 I'm with you, dude. I am way more Team Rondo than Team CP3 right here. I just, I just happen to think that Rondo is just a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal personality in the NBA. I agree. And I happen to think that Chris Paul is kind of like a boring personality. I agree. I think Chris Paul's a little finale. I think he kind of like bitches and whines with teammates and like that gets old. Uh, and Rondo, I just know it's just like Rondo gives me this the vibes of this person who's just super direct, you know? He's just so to the point with everything. There's no beating around a bush with this guy. And like, I love that he just like snapped and just went after Chris Paul here. Uh, I mean, I, I I thought it was great, but the one thing I, I didn't love af, af, about it was, was I guess it was what was going to happen anyway, 
But was people coming down so hard on Brandon Ingram? I mean, you can't be throwing punches, dude. That's a big thing. That's You can't do that. You can't. You can't, but he was clearly hot because James Harden was being a pussy. And I have no problem with, with how it started of him pushing James Harden because James Harden is my least is one of my least favorite basketball players to watch play basketball. And I admit he's great, but all he does is like go to the hoop and like just throw his head around and just flail around. He travels all the time and like they the new gathering rule where like he can gather it for like six steps and like you know shimmy shake with it and then they still count as gathering and like take two more steps and fade away hit a three it's like you're, you're it's not the spirit of the game that you can just like run around like he does sometimes and, and like I, I fully admit the guy's a genius when it comes to playing basketball I just don't appreciate the genius he plays with that's fair I think there's a lot of people who don't like James Harden and Brandon Ingram did myself, myself <laughs> included, but can't be throwing haymakers in an NBA game. You know, I get it. He's thin man. He's probably not going to do any real damage. <laughs> you know, but can't do that. In the words of the immortal Stephen Jackson, shout out to Jackson. Captain Jack. Captain Jack. We saw who the real ones were tonight. That's what he said after the game. And if you go back and you watch the video, you see two people clearly stand out in that. Two people clearly stand out. The first one is Ingram, who comes running in, trying to just take on anybody and everybody, ready to just <laughs> pound somebody, even though he's a skinny man, the slender man coming in for all us skinny folk. And the he's other. Just throwing the tentacles around. He's just a spaghetti <laughs> And the other is James Harden, who, like, as it's happening, is, like, couldn't, couldn't try to get away from it faster. James Harden was nowhere near it, didn't want any part of it. He didn't care if CB3 got decapitated by Brandon Ingram. He wasn't trying to fight Brandon Ingram. Yeah, but it's also not worth it to James Harden. You know? I, I don't I, think he was that needed. Say what you will. Say what you will. PJ Tucker was right in there. PJ Tucker was ready to fucking take one in the face for Chris Paul. Finger in Rondo's face. Rondo just like straight left it in. Honestly, I don't know how you're gonna put a finger in a man's face and not expect to get hit and not get out of the way. Honestly, though, I'm not even mad at Chris Paul because he felt like he got spit on. So I'm not mad at him for coming back at Rondo. And then I'm not mad at I'm not mad at Rondo for punching him. I'm not mad at him responding. I'm not really mad at any of it. I'm not even really that mad at Brandon Ingram, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, you don't. I know you're you're not mad at Ingram. You're all about Ingram coming and launching haymakers left and right. Well, listen, if I'm if I'm about to get in a fight with somebody and I have teammates, I hope my teammates fucking come throwing like Ingram. I want, I want every guy like Ingram on my team. <laughs> but that's mostly because if I got in a fight, I'd probably lose it, but that's a different story. Alright, so. I'd be doing the same thing, you know? I try to get as big as possible and put my arms out, you know, scare them like an animal. And if that doesn't work, yeah, then it's just scream for help. No, I'm I'm like one I'm like one punch, and then I'm just trying to grab on with that punch, get as close to that person as I can so right, they can't so they throw. Can't hit my face. Right, and just like just grapple, just try try to grapple with them, or try to get their arms out of the yeah, way, I'm, and I'm, wait I'm, wait for I'm, someone I'm, to come break I'm it up. Trying to get 
right, I'm trying to get in there and just try and get around the back of their and just like get their head here. Exactly. One head. That's what I'm going for. Exactly. All right, so either other scenario, we're both cooked. All right, so I think this is going to be a first. I think this is going to be a first. What do you think of my minus two and a half bet for the Lakers at home? I think I'm going to do an on 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 air bet right now. Um, I gotta say I don't love it. I heard our knockoffs today for a few minutes. They're horrible. They're worse than us. I know. That's what I was saying. Clay Travis is a. Oh, I hate him so much. He makes white people look bad, you know? Yeah, he really people sucks. People that are trying to capitalize on the Trump people that are making every pot, that make, them, that make the rest of us middle of the road white people look bad, you know? Him and Will Kane. I hate Will Kane just as much. All right. Now that I'm done Twitter beefing with the New York Times writer, my keep it in the fairway, I'll go ahead, I'll go first because, you know, you're, you're taking your time to think about yours still. My keep in the fairway is after a Twitter beef, the feeling you have after a Twitter beef when you've just had a back and forth with someone that you don't know, you're never going to meet, and it's not productive because neither one of you is going to be backing down online. But you now hate that. <laughs> I fucking hate him. Oh, I hated him. I hated him before he responded. But that's not the point. The point is, is that, like, Anytime you're in a Twitter beef, there's no winners. There's no winners for a Twitter beef. No there's only losers. I agree. I'm keeping it on Twitter and in the fairway on my side of the segment. I think I found arguably the best Twitter handle and most appropriate Twitter handle of all time this week. And it's probably not totally groundbreaking news, but Tyreek Hill somehow, subway landed the at cheetah twitter handle he is literally at cheetah on twitter did he pay for that you think i can't think of a more pretty he's got to pay for it unless he was literally the most forward-thinking domestic abuser of all time you know i mean yeah who has who would have thought he has the cheetah twitter handle you know i just saw ray lewis go at ray lewis because ray lewis tweeted at him the other day and I follow my boy Ray. <laughs> and Ray tweeted a video of Tyreek Hill doing the Raven dance, the Ray Lewis crazy thing. And he tagged at Cheetah. And I was like, well, who's, who the hell is this? Turns out it's Tyreek Hill. You know? That is, am- I mean, that is absolutely amazing. How he got, he, so he had to pay for that. All right. And we're in. Investigator Tav, what do you have for us this week? So really just a mild investigation. Jesus Christ, we're going to cut that. Uh, So really, guys, just a mild investigation from Investigator Tav this week. Uh, Scrolling the interwebs, I was reading Scott Hampton, the NFL Red Zone guys, Wikipedia page, which I do periodically. <laughs> it's most of us do, right? Uh, who hasn't I've, Who hasn't been in a Wikipedia rabbit hole in the past week? This is true. I have. This is true. Um, anyway, I came to find out that his Wikipedia page has been slightly hacked, uh, and literally the second sentence of his Wikipedia page reads, or my, my oh, third sentence is, in October 2018, 
Scott was voted America's sweetheart and most likely to run for president, an honor previously held by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's a great honor. These are not real awards, but they are terrific honors and could not be more appropriately distributed there to Red Zone Guy. You know? I mean, anytime you're mentioned in the same sentence as The Rock, you're a winner. I agree. Except Mr. Seven Hours of Commercial Free Football, you know? (laughs) He's taken one bathroom break on the job in like five years. I take at least six a day. Oh, you have to. You have to take a big bathroom break, guy. You know, guys Listen, do. I don't, other people take I don't smoke breaks. A lot of people take smoke breaks. <laughs> Walking breaks, you know. Some people got to shoot up their insulin, you know. Why am I not getting that time? <laughs> yeah. She gets time with for her diabetes, you know. I should get time for my bowel movements. <laughs> right. Or the, she's having a baby. <laughs> Mm. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to chill and read my phone while I take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of your better investigator tab segments. Uh, so now that now everybody can know what led to many of these investigator tab segments, the behind the scenes look, some of us call that. I mean, hey, the greatest, the greatest. They always they always show their methods, so it was yeah. nice of you to do that for us. Yeah. Those of us that are in the business, right? Sure, sure. Uh, my spread bet of the week, and I think this is almost, um, I think this is almost a lock, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles going to London and beating the Jaguars. Uh, it's minus three. I feel very confident in that game. I think the Jaguars are a complete fucking mess right now. The Bortles in that quarterback situation, they can't get first downs. Philly needs a win bad. They pissed a game away again last week. I think they show up this week and, and win. Even though it's kind of a road game, in, even in London. I mean... Yeah, I, uh, funnily enough, that was my spread bet of the week as well. Uh, I, I love the Eagles in this game. Um, I think Carson Wentz has looked better and better, honestly, since he's been back from injury. Every week I think he's looked a little bit better. Uh, and my thing is, I hate to interrupt, but if they win that game last week, I think the narrative on the Eagles has totally changed. Totally different. They're 4-3, they're making their comeback now, blah, blah, blah. I totally agree. I think a lot of perception on the Eagles is totally different because he didn't get kicked that game. But uh, a lot of the perception on the Eagles is totally different because they lost that game. And I happen to to think that you know with time they're only going to be they're only going to be better. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, and, and so I will watch out for them in the second half of the year. And I think that begins. I I really do think that begins this week. Honestly, I'm inclined to agree with you on that. And Jacksonville, let's remember, Jacksonville is a team that was built around a run that doesn't have their running back. Correct. Correct. I mean, at, like, as much as Bortles sucks, they were never really supposed to be relying on him. They were supposed to be relying on Fournette. And Fournette just hasn't been able to stay healthy for them. I agree a thousand percent. I think asking Blake Bortles to carry the offense in any capacity is 
just not what he's able to do. And and I think there is a real I think it is a real thing that when a defense knows an offense is just lost in the woods. I agree a thousand percent. Like it's just you know it's like it's it's the wounded animal effect. You know everybody knows it. They even smell it. They just they can't. They, it's hard to get that energy up knowing that like listen we're gonna get the ball back for our offense in three plays later. You know they're gonna be giving it back to the other team. We're gonna be back out. And, and literally they're on the field right the entire goddamn game. You know. So for as good as that defense is, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, they're they're just sapped by it. All right, moving on to our money line bet of the week. For me, this is a tough one because I don't really see a lot here that I love, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Carolina Panthers, who are plus one twenty five at home versus Baltimore. Um, and as home dogs, I think I think Carolina has a good chance to uh, to pull this one out. Right. Um, I mean, just for a sample of what else is out there, like the Raiders at plus one thirty versus the Colts, the Bucks plus one sixty one versus Cincinnati. Like none of these games are that appealing. The Redskins, I mean, they're a negative money line. That's not really in the spirit of what we're looking for here. Um, although that that's a that's a pretty good one, the Redskins against the Giants. Yeah, honestly, that's probably a game I'd, I'd take pick them if that slides one way or the other. I think the Redskins are going to win that game. Yeah, I, I our defense just, is good. Yeah, I don't love I don't love any of these bets. Um, and, and the other game, I, I, honestly, if you're looking for a big money spread that it seems large, it's Green Bay. I think. Uh, Green Bay the Rams I have a hard time believing that Aaron Rodgers is, is going to lose by more than a touchdown I mean for a money line bet though the only thing is like I find it very hard to believe that the Rams are going to lose to a team that's, I don't think they're going to win that game but, yeah, but that's just, but we're on the money line here so I just honestly made another bet maybe and I don't love this one I don't like any of these really truthfully I don't yeah, there's not a really Honestly, good. The Jets at, at the Bears. I could see that being a letdown game for the Bears who just played New England last week and actually played them competitively. I I totally agree with you. I totally would agree with you if the one if the one problem for the Jets, the Jets wasn't are banged up though. Well, if the one problem for the Jets wasn't their offensive line. And the one strength for the Bears wasn't their defensive line. I, I would actually agree with you, but I, I actually think that this matchup is really bad for the Jets. Okay, fair enough. Like just because I, I don't th- I think their offensive line is probably their weakest spot, and I think that uh, for the Bears that's probably their strongest spot. Their defensive line. So. I take So I mean that is that is a pretty good pretty good odds, but. If you're, those are the only two I honestly don't really like at all. The couple pick-up games, I wouldn't feel bad taking. I actually like Minnesota at home over New Orleans, and I like the skins on the road at the Giants. Yeah, neither of those are great odds, but I'm with you. Those are, but those are real toss-up games because I could honestly see either yeah. of those going either way. 
I know the Redskins are the better team, but are we going to rule out like Saquon having a ridiculous game or because he, he's due for one of those? He's going to have one of those games where he has like two hundred yards, like four touchdowns, like. Yeah, I agree. I, just, I don't think it's happening against us. Our defense is very stout. Uh, like I was looking at like and you're, and I can go on a huge Redskins tangent, right? But I was looking at our big pro football focus this week. And their entire defense is rated as above average players or better. Swearinger is rated as the number two safety in football right now, pro football focus. Like and nobody I guarantee you, you could ask that to a million different people, nobody would say that. Uh, and like, that's how good they've been. They've been very, very solid. Sam Swearinger is a nut. I actually think he's a very good player. He is. He's just such a tone setter, dude. Like, it's it's crazy how how much energy he gives to defense when he makes good plays, and like it's just that inquantifiable fact, that Brian Dawkins effect sort of thing. You know, it's a good it's a good comparison. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't think the, the Giants are going to be able to score on us, but. My thing is the Redskins are going to struggle, struggle to score on them because they've got a stout defense and we can't throw. So it's that'll be an ugly 17-13 sort of game, you know? Yeah, that's that's the thing is I feel like that game's going to be too close for me it's to feel like confident about. It's going to be a field goal sort of game. Yeah. It's going to be a 20-17. It's going to be a 16-13. And the Giants are going to win games at some point this year. Oh right? Like, they're 1-5. They're going to win games at some point this year, so this might just be one of those games they win. Bro, I, bro, I live with my girlfriend. I, I'm like an adult now or something. I don't know. This is right. Okay. Check this out. Little, little... <laughs> curve TV action. Oh, I like the curve TV. Can you see that? I see it. A little mount action. <laughs> Did you mount that? No fucking way. No chance, bro. That's a 55-inch no curved TV. I can't even mount like a mount like a regular See, looking that, TV. That, that's you had to bring in a guy to do that, right? I mean, dude, this took so I have like some the, I have a Russian guy. His name's Serge. He's the man. Shout out to Serge. If you ever need if you're in New York City and need a TV hung, reach out to me on Twitter. I got a guy, Mad Cheat, hangs it perfect, cleans up after himself, he's perfect. His name's Serge. Shout out to Serge. Great prices. But yeah, I mean, like I, I, I'd have him mount. Listen, I, I'll like put up shelves or something like that, like something cheap. But when it comes to a TV, that's like something I need done right because I don't want to, I don't want to fuck that up. And there's yeah, a good chance I could. And a, a, like a curved TV is like just a whole separate thing. Like that took him a while. I would have never figured that out. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, looks dope though. <laughs> It was worth it. I searched did a hell of a job. Yeah, he hung a few TVs for me in here. We got like three TVs hung up in this apartment. It's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, it's domestic living. Three TVs mounted in one apartment? Yeah. That's how you know your domestic living. If you've got more than more than two TVs mounted. We've got so we got one in here in the in the living. This is like our living dining room here. Uh, we don't have a couch yet, so that's why it looks real empty behind me. Um, okay, I can't really see that. So, okay. Floor to ceiling windows, which is nice action. We got one in the kitchen mounted. That's like a real small one, and then we okay. got one in the bedroom mounted. Nice, nice. Three, t- three TVs on the wall. 
That feels like that should be in a rap song. Yeah, it should be in a rap yeah. song. We're basically a sports bar. You're happy. <laughs> 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 All I need to get is a keg. All I need to get is a keg. I'm good. Right. <laughs> UFC fights at John King's place. 15 ahead. 15 ahead. 20 for Dermot. Get a real sketchy crew there. <sighs> yeah. UFC just draws sketchy people. People who like watching other people get their heads beaten. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, right, break his skull. <laughs> Punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's roll with the over-unders here. Um, so I got an over-under, and I'm going to keep it with the theme that I've been kind of going with for a bunch of these. That At least my good ones this year that I've hit on. This one is another shitty game with shitty teams. Kind of a low over, but I feel like I don't know why. I, neither team inspires a lot of confidence, but I feel like there's gonna be points in this one. And it's San Francisco, Arizona. The over under is at 42. I feel like I'm gonna hammer this over because I don't know how, but they're they're gonna score points this game. I don't know how, but points are gonna happen. Honestly, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you on that. I kind of like that. Uh, I'm way more into that than really almost any of these other ones. Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't like any of these other ones. I'd say maybe take the under on Tampa Bay, but that could be a score fest. So I'm kind of with you. I, th- I think that <laughs> those two teams are just going to garbage their way into a 30 to 27 game. You know? Totally. Totally, like just some. There's gonna be a lot of ineptitude, probably a few defensive touchdowns. A few picks, know? a few picks, probably, probably a kick or a punt return at some point in that game. Right. Yeah, I like, I, I like the over for that one. Um, moving on then to our locks of the week. So we're gonna have to go ahead. And we're gonna lock it in here. On the Lock It In podcast. That's right. The original Lock It In podcast. Let's make sure we lock that in, you know? Yeah, fuck Fox Sports or Disney or whoever the fuck owns them these days. Bunch of pussies. They stole our idea and we didn't get paid for shit off it. Right. The racist over at Fox Sports stealing stealing our name. Clay Travis doesn't respect Clay Travis doesn't respect the listeners like we do. Clay Travis doesn't respect the listeners like we do. No, he doesn't have it like that. Spews nonsense. Spews. Screw that guy. You think Moose is ever spewing nonsense? You heard this guy talk about the color beige, you know? Uh, Moose, uh, again, Moose is Moose is missing, which uh, most of you are, you know, thinking, wow, why is this podcast going so well? But uh, well, it's migration season. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the weather's getting cold. <laughs> right, he's got to head south. I think that's scientifically inaccurate, but we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're definitely heading south. Moose are in Canada, bro. I mean, they're probably maybe they don't migrate, but it sounded good at the time, you know. Migration, hibernation. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Climate change. <laughs> it's an important thing, climate change. 
We shouldn't right. joke about it. Stop glittering. All right. So we're going to go ahead and lock, lock these bets in. And for my locking in bet, I'm actually going to go ahead and roll with the Detroit uh, Lions. And uh, lock it in at minus three, minus 101 odds versus Seattle. It's at home. The Lions are like an up and down team. So if the good Lions show up, I could be in for some money. If the bad Lions show up, uh, I'm in some trouble. Don't hate that. Lions, I just, I hate betting them because I never get them right. I mean, who, how can you? How can you? A different team shows up every week. This is true. This is true. Um, all right, well, I'm just going to follow this up right away. I'm staying home with my pick. Going with my hometown skins on the road and pick them at the Giants. You were talking about Saquon going off. Beckham has a huge touchdown. I'm not feeling it, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think it's happening against the Skins. Our defense is very, very stout. We had one hiccup against the Saints in a whirlwind game. Monday night in New Orleans, nobody wins, especially with Drew Brees breaking records. Aside from that, our defense is loaded with very solid talent at all three levels. Bama guys at the line, Allen and Dayron Payne. I love those two. Those two guys are monsters. I mean, those two are like the cornerstones of a. Those two are the cornerstones of like a top ten defense. I, I agree a thousand percent. Uh, and then you've got Zach Brown and Mason Foster. Zach Brown is actually a hell of a linebacker. He can, he very underrated player. And then the secondary. I mean, we Swearinger, like I said, has been playing out of his mind this year. Quinn Dunbar is actually hurt, but he's been very good. And Norman has one bad game. It's been very solid. Um, I just really like our the Skins defense, and Eli is not going to score more than twenty four points on anybody this year. I don't think. I mean, yeah, I. It, it's one of those games I don't like to bet because it's Redskins Giants, and it's like crazy shit always happens in those types of games, the rivalry types. But yeah, I think the Redskins are the better team. I don't hate that bet. All right, let's throw it in for last licks here. I want to throw in some last licks. I want to get your take on, uh, in the NFL, I think that we look at teams that are like the best teams, and they're the teams that can score. And and it's not about bend but don't break defense doesn't work anymore because these teams just melt the clock. And you can't let these, you know, Tom Brady-esque teams go on these 10-minute drives every quarter because you never end up touching a ball and they fucking put points on you. Whereas like when we saw with the Chiefs Patriots, two of probably the better teams in the league, that was a who has the ball last wins the game kind of game. Absolutely. And so I think that if you're if you're in the NFL, because it's so dependent on the quarterback, you almost need to have a top ten quarterback to be successful. Yeah, to get you there, I mean, the Eagles kind of disproved that theory last year a little bit. But, so what I'll say is that they, they had an MVP candidate for the regular season, and Nick Foles didn't play like Nick Foles. Nick Foles played like I, a top 10 quarterback. I agree, but quarterbacks, I think, can go through stretches where they're lights out. And the mat, I mean, Nick Foles has had the best five games to let him play, you know. I agree with that. I agree with that. Quarterbacks can definitely get hot. You know, uh, 
when we watched Fitzpatrick do it five different times for three and a half, four game stretches, you know? Five different times, I mean every year he's been in the NBA. Right. Because, uh, right, he's, a, he's an all-star shooting guard. Uh, over your head. Every year he's been in the NFL. Same <laughs> shit. Anyway, every year he's been in the NFL, we've seen him. Uh, I think Bruno Mars just caught a pass on the side. I was, I was trying to fix. Shoot the fade away right over. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree that you know we've seen quarterbacks get hot, and so I think it's possible. But if you don't have one of those guys, it's real tough in the NFL. And, and it's and it's funny because I think we're moving even further into the trend of. I think you see a lot with the Chiefs and their offense is like. It's made up of a college-type offense, a lot of it. It is. I think it's – but I think a lot of it is just that Andy Reid. Andy Reid is taking over the NFL. He's a genius. Everybody, I mean, everybody runs his shit, and now he's finally got the perfect quarterback to run his stuff. Like, I can't even – I don't know how he was scoring with Alex Smith, too. Like, Alex Smith sucks. I mean, he just doesn't turn it over, but he cannot – there's no extension of the field. There's no – he can't do anything that I mean, one of the most astute points, I think one of the most astute points that I've heard you make about Alex Smith, and I think that this happens with a lot of a lot of quarterbacks, it gets overlooked, is the idea that he doesn't, he, his biggest problem isn't that he makes bad throws, it's that he doesn't make good throws. He doesn't, right. he doesn't push the ball in areas where he should. He, he'll have somebody marginally open downfield, and he won't try to put it in there. And in the yeah. NFL, you need to do that. You need to put yeah. the ball over the top. You do. Uh, and, I mean, Mahomes, I could not be more bullish on this guy. I mean, Andy Reid has found his guy. This is the guy. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is awesome. Mahomes I mean, is going to be here. He, I mean, it's, five, it's not even going to be five years before he's the best quarterback in the NFL, I don't think. Is he not the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I mean, I mean, right now, I mean, it's like him. And, I mean, he's up there right now with Rodgers and Brady already. Already, he proved a lot to me. He proved a lot to me the night he went into Denver. If you remember, we actually were recording during that night. That we night, were. he went into Denver in a tough environment, tough game. That's a good defense, great defensive line. Can really get after the passer. And he, he really stuck in there. He hung in there. He made the throws he needed to do. He got the win. Then he went to New England in another primetime game. He had a shootout with Tom Brady where Tom Brady won, but he put I mean, it Mahomes to him. Had a couple, he did. Mahomes had a rough first half in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Both, I mean, people have jitters Monday night in Boxborough. That happens to you. But to go toe-to-toe with Brady and put up 40 points – because you know you got to score at least 30 against that team then, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm happy about, though? I'm happy that Belichick didn't shut him down all game because then for, like, the next five weeks, all we're going to hear about is, oh, Belichick found the blueprint, blah, blah, blah. He did this. He did that. Like, right. You know, Mahomes is just a little bit nervous being in Foxborough, playing against the GOAT quarterback, like, nervous as fuck. And then he just, like – was like in the second half was like oh yeah no I know how to play football let me do that and then just dominated kind of yeah uh, my uh, my salty beef segment of the week I've got a nice little one here 
is this budding one now between Malcolm Jenkins and Eric Reed, and now Josh Norman has decided to insert himself into this. Oh, yeah, you were telling about this earlier. And so, like, I was mad. I'm not going to comment on this. I don't think it's really super appropriate for me to do it, but now I'm going to because my boy Josh Norman's waiting. I'm very much team Malcolm Jenkins. I really like what he's doing. I think he's super articulate. I really like how he's taking control of this, the injustice kind of situation. He is, to me, no, I totally I agree with that. I much support the way he has gone about it. I would, he is, I, he's, I, very, he's been extremely professional. He is getting things done. And, and that is something that I, I appreciate. And he's not trying to put his face necessarily on anything, I don't think. No, and he's done it, he's done it from a place, and, and the thing that I respect the most about it is that he's done it from a place of he's just trying to bring unity. He's trying to bring unity to this situation. Right, he was just—he was trying to. Bring, I thought the entire time he was trying to bring unity, he's, and he's trying to bring unity, but also fight for the issue that that he want. You know that he's clearly very passionate about, and it's great. He's trying to unify people behind his point, his message to right. get his message and out there better. It's not the first time he's taken flack, like, and for Reed to do that during a game, I didn't like it. They like said wasn't going to comment on it, and I thought Jenkins taking the high road was just another testament to him really really trying to just embody what kind of what you're saying that unity sort of concept uh, I mean I, you know what you know what I'll say I've, I've heard Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins speak before and, and I have to say that everything I've heard from him and I don't know too much about him I don't, I don't know everything about him but every time I've seen him speak, I just I just get the feeling that he's just a really classy guy. Yeah, and I I agree. And just Norman's comments when you get a chance to read them are pretty telling. I think, or just it's indicative, you know, because Norman is coming. He just is so supporting Jenkins in this whole thing, you know, and, and kind of just like you know Malcolm is trying to get things done. You know, and, and you know, you guys were kind of trying to grandstand a little bit, and you got all these lawyers involved, and, and you know, Malcolm was trying to just get all, everybody's voice heard here and, and unify all the players. You know, because they needed to move on. You know, the on the PR and the, the just kind of the, the buzz that they generated. So I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. It's, it, it's interesting to me that that somebody kind of came out and took a side on it because. You know, I think Norman felt a little bit insulted by Reed calling him a sellout or calling Jenkins a sellout because Norman's part of the coalition as well. Obviously, it means quite a bit to him, and he didn't appreciate that sort of thing. Um, but I think overall, I don't think it's a great thing for these guys to be bickering back and forth. They kind of would just like them to be unified because well, I totally agree with that. From the whole thing, I totally in agree. I totally agree with that, and and that goes to kind of what Jenkins said after the game. I, I, I mean, uh, not after the game. It, it was I think it was this week. Um, it was. It was when I think because people were trying to get comments out of him. And he all he said was nobody wins when you see the bickering back and forth. If you know, if I know where your heart is, and I know you're about the people, then I will never publicly bash what you're doing. And that to me just shows like that shows like a maturity beyond 
what I kind of expect from the normal NFL player because honestly, a lot of these NFL guys, and, and I'm not taking shots at Eric Reed, I'm not taking shots at Colin Kaepernick. I think what Colin Kaepernick's done is, you know, is totally awesome. Good for him for standing up for what he believes in, and, he, and he's totally being blackballed. You could watch fucking Blake Bortles and know Colin Kaepernick deserves a job. You could watch Eli Manning and know the Giants would be better with Colin Kaepernick. I, I totally get that. But Jenkins coming from a place of, listen, you're calling me out. You're, you're trying to bring me down. Me coming back at you, that's not helpful for anybody. That doesn't help me. It doesn't help you. And I'm just trying to have this move on, and I'm trying to get in the spirit of positivity, and I love and respect that. Don't have much else to say on that, I don't think, but I think it, right, it kind of goes back to that whole thing. Just Jenkins, I think, has just done a very good job in general of just trying to take control of the situation. You know, I think he's trying to, he's just taking on a productive role. And Norman is such a blunt guy, you know, I, I, uh, because he, it's funny, because he's not a, it's funny because I think his, you know, his personality, I don't think he's this loud, outspoken guy. I think he's actually kind of an introvert, um, but he's gotten this rep as this guy who talks a lot, you know, um, but I don't know, I think it's just kind of, it's interesting to hear that he's the guy who spoke up, you know. He's kind of got a little bit of like, he's kind of like the Rondo of the NFL a little bit, Josh Norman, I feel like. That's not a bad take. That's not a bad take. That's not a bad take. He's kind of like one of these guys that people just like to hate on for whatever reason. Well, because he's loud. I've watched him enough. This guy is undoubtedly good. Sorry, it's because it's because his it's his playing style is loud. It is, and, and he's a shit talker, you know, and like. But he gets in the face. He he hits he somebody. Does. He's not necessarily like like too too demonstrative, but he's like in the other guy's face. Oh, like, he's letting you know he's there. And Rondo's the same way. I think that's what people rubs people the wrong way. Major chip, you know, major chip on Josh Norman's shoulder. I actually, I actually think Josh Norman's great. And it was funny. My dad asked me the other day. He was like, "What's wrong with Carolina?" Like, well, you know, they were so good, and then like they fell off. I was like, honestly, they never really recovered from losing Josh Norman. No, they never did. He was a shutdown corner for them, and they were never able to recover from that. I agree. I'm with you on that. I think uh, I think Norman. People want to act like he hasn't been a great signing for the Redskins. He has been, and he's been remarkably consistent for them. Uh, I would have taken that. I would have taken that contract if I was the Redskins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're essentially getting what is a guaranteed starting corner, top ten to fifteen in the league. Top ten. He's a top ten corner in the league. I think. And it's not going. I mean, he can match up with almost anybody. He's had a couple games where he's been burned to DC, and random guys give him trouble. It's funny. Most random guys. I mean, it's not even that random anymore because now you're seeing like Thielen last year had a huge game against Josh Norman, and it's interesting now because now he's the best receiver in the NFL. But it's kind of telling. Oh, and Odell had good games against him. But those two guys, the guys who light you up, you know, you're doing that's not so bad. Job. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I like Norman. I think Norman's a good player. All right. I think that's a wrap for episode eight of Lock It In. Is that how many? Eight? How many? Eight. We're getting in there now. Episode eight, the moose is migrating, baby. The moose is migrating. <laughs>